Welcome to Living Southern Oregon, a podcast dedicated to discovering and exploring all Southern Oregon has to offer. I'm your host, Simona Fino, and I will be introducing you to the people who live here, the things they love, and what makes Southern Oregon a magical place to call home. everyone to another episode of Living Southern Oregon. Today I am excited to introduce Don Harris. So Don is a talented composer, recording artist, producer, and audio engineer. Don was the musical director for a dozen or more shows at the Criterion and Camelot Theaters. He also occasionally ventures into pop and has performed in Road Valley bands. He's currently working on an orchestral composition and building a recording studio. He's lived in Southern Oregon since 1993. All right, well, welcome, Don. Hi, thank you for having me. (laughs) Yeah, so glad that you're here. Actually, I'm here (laughs) in a beautiful space. (laughs) So listeners know I'm in his home and we're looking at some really beautiful views here in Ashland. One of the things that this valley is definitely known for is the views. So tell me how you came to live in Ashland and in Southern Oregon. Well, this uh, this piece of property was uh, was my parents. They found this, got it in maybe 92. There's a little patch of ground over here that looked perfect for growing some grapes. And my dad was mm. very interested in that at the time. I was living in Palo Alto with two kids and third getting close to getting close. And Palo Alto, while it was a great place to live growing up, it was getting a little more complicated, uh, mm-hmm. and I we came up to visit the land uh, with my folks and saw Ashland and thought, gosh, this would be a great place to raise some kids. They ride bikes to school and all sorts of stuff you can't do down there anymore. Yeah. So that's what brought us up here, and then eventually we brought the property from them in their later years and built a house and been parked here ever since. All right. And what brought your parents here? How did they discover this area? Were they also from California? They were. They they actually lived in Palo Alto at that time as well. I think they probably came up for some plays. Mm -hmm. I I think that was probably it. Common reason. Yeah, it's a common reason. (laughs) Well, and it's interesting, Palo Alto, I think that area, didn't that have a lot of orchards at one point? And that was like a huge... It was all orchards when I was a kid. I mean, you could go between... Cities, little cities, and there'd be acres and acres of fields before yeah. you get to the next, next town down the, the road. Not any, not no, anymore. not anymore. Definitely not anymore. Well, I bet that's something that maybe felt familiar up here is the orchards and that kind of terrain a bit. Yeah, just the, the space. space. Yeah, yeah. Just the space. It was, it was great. I mean, we, I lived in the several rental units in the first few years up here. Uh, but once I got parked out here, <laughs> I don't find much reason to leave, actually, <laughs> especially understand. after the uh, pandemic. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a good spot to be parked, that's yeah. for sure. 
Well, tell me a little bit about how you got into the world of music, because you've done, it seems like there's a lot, okay? So I'm using recording artist, composer, producer, audio engineer, that's a pretty wide range. <laughs> what got your start and in interest in music? Well, my mom asked me if I wanted to take piano lessons when I was six years old, and I said, sure, what's a piano? And, uh, <laughs> and it stuck. Okay. So I studied classical music for 15 years or so. And went to San Francisco State, 1966, in the heyday of that whole thing. Uh huh. Before I knew it, I was not studying classical music. I was playing rock and roll bands, yeah. <laughs> which <laughs> was a little. I just got out of that just a couple of years ago, actually. Okay. So, but part and parcel of all that stuff is you, you know, you end up doing recording sessions. You end up, you know, engineering. And I sat next to one of the best engineers in the world for 20 some odd years or 10 or 15 years and lo and behold you realize I can do that stuff too. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and the classical background because I read music and stuff would allow me to step into musical direction uh, type of environments and make the charts and conduct the orchestras and all that kind of thing. And so were you doing that uh, in California as well? When, I didn't do two. I, I, well, I, yeah, I did I did one show down there at a theater, which I don't remember the name of. But mostly at that time, I was doing commercial composing for Silicon Valley companies, Apple and mm-hmm. Intel, Hewlett Packard, you know, things like that. And back in that day, it was either 30 to 60 second radio spots or what we used to call industrial films, where, you know, Apple would take a picture of a new factory and you'd write a soundtrack to it, and they would show that to, to their employees, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The, the experience of going from thing to thing to thing to thing, <laughs> later on, you realize, <laughs> man, it's been a long road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then did you start in right away doing that kind of work here when you first moved to Ashland? I, I had a, a few clients uh, that I brought up with me from California when I first got up here. But then that kind of tapers off, you know, if you're not in the environment. And that was back before, I mean, I was doing telecommuting gigs in, you know, the early 90s. Right. And, uh, but the companies weren't catching up as fast as, as I was going. So, so that kind of diminished after time. And I was also busy raising four kids. And for a big chunk by myself as well. So that was pretty much career was put on hold for a while. Yeah. Tish is the one that got me out playing in public again after years and years. Okay. But it's, it's been a long arc. I mean, I was uh, on the road with Pat Travers. We toured with Aerosmith. It was a top 10 billboard tour in 81, 82, 80, 82, I forget. And it was all 60,000 seat arenas and all that stuff. And that's, as a rock and roller, that's kind of always what you kind of envision yourself right. doing. And it was great fun, but uh, after I'd done it, I was like, well, yeah, I don't have to repeat that. It's, it's cool, a lot of work, but, and the work was fine, but uh, I just had other things to do. And I got deeply back into composing when I had a film score opportunity and mm-hmm. uh, realized I hadn't been writing music and too many years, so I better get busy. <laughs> yeah. And was that while you were here, was the film score was when you were working yes. on that? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm working on a film mix right now from a, a indie film in L.A. 
And that's one of the reasons I'm building a recording studio in this building over here, is because I've got some potential clients to, to work for. So. Excellent. And so you said you you do shows, you've done shows at the Criterion and the Camelot. Mm -hmm. um, both are a little bit different. I know Camelot's primarily theater. Right. And so you're doing shows for the different, or composing these were These are musical shows, not theatrical shows. Um, okay. You know, we did a show called The Girls Just Want to Have Fun, which was all 80s pop music. And that was the Rogue Suspects plus some additional singers and performers. And that's a, that's a musical show. Not, I mean, not a show in a theatrical sense, just a right. performance. Mm -hmm. And we've and done. Was that at the Camelot? That, was that, at the crate that was at the crate, I believe. Okay. Um, the but Camelot shows have that kind of, um, what do they call them? They're um, like tribute or, I guess you Yeah. Sort of... And they kind of have a narrative that runs between yeah. songs and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, the Criterion shows were just straight ahead performances. Okay. And uh, were great fun. Yeah, you know, things just come along and you say yes. <laughs> you wear many hats to work self-employed in yeah. the national area. Yeah, well, the for folks that don't know, the Criterion is in Medford. Mm -hmm. And I don't, how big is the theater? Do you know how many seats I, that is? I think it's, it's 730 yeah, or 750 or something okay. like that with the balcony. Yeah. I Don't quote me on that because I'm not positive. But, yeah. uh, Lots of great shows there. Oh, yeah. Though. And then the Camelot is a... Another theater that is in talent, right? And smaller, mm -hmm. um, but also really wonderful. Yeah, their their new theater is, is very nice. Yeah. Well, I guess it's not new. It's now. not that new. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> My sense of time is a, is a little skewed. I uh, I can concentrate on sixteenth notes and one bar of music, and three or four months go by, and I'll think it's a week, or <laughs> it turns out, oh no, that's three years. Ago, so. Yeah. Well, especially with the pandemic, throw that in there. And then you've also got a real you, wonky got, sense yeah, of time. Like, yeah, that's very true. That's very true. And then the, your performance with local bands. You are saying that, that Tish, your partner, got you kind of involved in that. And you've played with a lot of local bands. I have done. Well, some really wonderful ones. Oh, yeah. I know I've heard before that are just super fun. And, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Well, they... Um, the, the first band I worked with here is uh, the Rogue Suspects. was the Rogue Suspects. We were just at the musician's swap meet, and Greg Frederick was at the next table, and suddenly I'm coming out to play. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was back in the in the Roscoe's days in, in Phoenix. They became band family. They became family over after 12 years. It's, uh, yeah. And the only thing I miss about playing is playing with those guys and girls. And then uh, some spinoffs with some of the same musicians. Uh, Brett Levick is a, a, a great television songwriter. He's had songs in all sorts of cable type shows. If, if there's a hitman zombie, you know, he's written songs for it. <laughs> they seem to be prevalent. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Then that was a group called Left, which I came into maybe a year after I started playing with the Suspects. And then Alice DiMaselli is a, a wonderful mm -hmm. local songwriter that uh, on occasion I could get to play with and the gigs supported. Mm -hmm. And Gene Black, who played guitar with uh, Joe Cocker for years and years and recorded with Tina Turner and some other, he moved here and we had a group together for a while. Um, 
that got out and around. Didn't get out as much as the suspects because Greg was booking us all the time. Yeah. And then, of course, Jeff Tebar lives here in town. who's a wonderful guitar player that's played all over with all sorts of folks and occasional concerts at, at their at their place. So it, it's been a wonderful performing family of people to work with. And it was always kind of more business-like before. Uh-huh. You did your gig and you went home. And yeah, you were nice to people, but you didn't. <laughs> didn't hang you out. didn't have Christmas parties. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Didn't really hang out. Especially on the road. That's just a busy, busy, well, that's busy harder place. to, yeah. yeah. You just do Harder to coordinate. Yeah, you're going one to one to one. Yeah. 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 I could see that. Yeah. We were on the road for nine months with Aerosmith. And uh, I think that, that tour went to number seven on the Billboard charts of gross concert receipts or I don't know how they figured yeah. this out. But anyway, there's there's more stories I could tell you, but it would take forever. So. appreciate about this area is just how rich it is in music and I don't know if that's I don't know what do you attribute that to I'd love to hear your perspective actually because I I mean I have my own thought on why we get so many great musicians here but I'm not sure I mean you know look around and it's a beautiful place to be the venues have kind of come and gone over the years Mm -hmm. I mean they come and go and so it's it's sometimes a little hard for for musicians to get steady work here but all in all, I mean, we all do lots of different things, you know, because you, you can't usually just survive right. going out and getting in a hotel someplace. I mean, some, some guys are able to do that, but not in the valley. Uh, the economics don't really play out that well here. <clears throat> but I think, um, I think also some of the folks have went to this place as a place to get a little more quiet. You know, you don't, if you're in LA working every, every gig in town, that's very hectic. I mm-hmm. think people can kind of burn out on that. So, but, you know, I don't know. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a deep thinker about those things. <laughs> well, I just, I, you know, we do get a lot of people coming through too, not just people that live here. I think we get a lot of great music. One of the reasons I thought was just because we're right sandwiched between Portland and San Francisco. Well, that's true. I mean, bands all right in the middle. Portland. Yeah, it's like, might as well stop here. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true. And, and great for the, lo- the local venues mm-hmm. when they can pull that off. Yeah, that's, that kind of touring is, that's, not for me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, like you said, it gets tiring and exhausting, and I'm sure the level of burnout is high it can be in that. High. You you have industry. to you have to have a tough skin and uh, an ability to let things go. Otherwise, you get you turn into a jerk, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and, and most of the really top end musicians I've worked with are just sweethearts. They're just lovely people. The other ones go by the wayside. I think. Yeah. And so the recording studio that you're building is now primarily for some of this work you were saying with clients so that you're doing the film film, film type stuff. Okay, type so. stuff yeah. Well, primarily, I mean, it, it, it's also 
I mean, it's not it's not a huge space uh, over there, but it's uh, it will have a uh, isolation booth, which is completely soundproof for uh, acoustic performances. So mm -hmm. it's it's a perfect size for for local singer songwriters or small groups to record, and it's still big enough to to track drums and stuff. Probably not putting whole bands in to do live from the floor types of things, but m mostly it'll be a media uh, a media studio for layback, film layback, and you know, my own composing for film. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully there's more gigs in the future. <laughs> I know that's a, that's the trick, right? Is <laughs> keeping that, is that flow trick. happening, right. keeping it coming in. A in tiny and... manner. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right when the one ends, making sure you yeah. get the next one lined and up, and it doesn't drag on into the next one. So. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. And so how often are you getting to play out these days? Well, I kind of retired from public yeah, performance. Okay. Uh, you know, COVID was a convenient way to make a gentle exit instead of, hi guys, I quit, you know, yeah. after 12 years, which is was hard to even contemplate. And the film score, the first film score uh, came along at that time. And, you know, I, I was feeling bad for my musician friends that were, couldn't work. Mm. And I had some had houses burned down and lost all their gear and all this kind of stuff. And I'm sitting in here composing and happy as a, you know, whatever. And I'm going, this COVID's not so bad, is it? <laughs> but it was, you know, it's one of those weird dichotomies. But that made me realize that I really just needed to focus on composing. And, uh, the gigs, you know, you're always loading up gear, you're getting there early, you're setting up, you're playing the gig. We used to play Lake of the Woods, which is a beautiful, beautiful venue and a place mm, to play. Mm -hmm. And we play four hours. That four hours would literally take eight hours to produce. <laughs> you know, after a while, the gear gets heavier and heavier, and I have a lot of it because I'm a keyboard player. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, no, it is. It's a lot of schlepping. Yeah, it is the schlep, and I don't miss that at all. Yeah. Now you just have to schlep yourself to the, <laughs> yeah. the best Yeah, walking that far to work every day is going to be more complicated than just walking out through the kitchen. Oh, yeah. Well, I'd love to um, switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about just your life here in Southern Oregon. You've been here a while now, and you've gotten to see a lot of changes and experience a lot of things and kind of really nestle into the community. What are some of your favorite aspects about living here and being here? Well, I mean, for me as a musician, it was the people I was meeting and working with. You know, I was a green show musician at Shakespeare for four oh, seasons and did okay. uh, an arrangement of a piece of music for them. So they say five seasons. Worked with some wonderful people down there, and the whole that whole experience is uh, is just world class. And uh, the whole sense of art, um, uh, especially in Ashland, I you know I don't get out too much, but uh, a lot of artists, a lot of galleries uh, at the time, and good food and great people. It was you know it was just you could have a little buzz without. You know, without the frenetic energy. Without the frenetic everything else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're not we're not terribly social people. I mean we have a, a small group of very close friends that we uh, socialize with. So we're not we don't go out a lot and mm -hmm. restaurants every week or you know, tours or that kind of thing. Yeah. But that's and some of that is left over from the pandemic, but we were never really 
I, I've never really been that much into all that stuff. Yeah. Because <laughs> I kind of worked in that environment for years and years and years. And so going to a club, if I'm not going to see friends play music, I'm likely not to go. Right. <laughs> it seems more like an exhausting venture. It than seems like else. work. <laughs> yeah. I've joked with my, my musician friends for years. They, they say, well, what kind of music do you listen to? And I said, well, I don't. I'm a professional musician. <laughs> I, I play it, but I don't sit at home and listen to it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And so the community, obviously, is a big one. Um, what other things... Have you tapped into? Well, you know, everybody, most people I I know here love the outdoors. They're Mm -hmm. very much into hiking. My wife is very much into hiking and walking about. Um, You know, I I spent my life practicing piano, and so while I've done some of this stuff as as a kid, I I don't really connect with it that much. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you go to the Grand Canyon, you go, ooh, and that's, that's Mm -hmm. cool. That's awesome. Done that. (laughs) You know, so there's a lot, you know, all the river rafting and and stuff like that. Uh, You know, it's, it's wonderful for folks that, that, uh, that like doing that. And it seems like pretty much everybody likes doing that stuff. I'm going to raise my hand. Yeah, that's, no, that's a, that's a fine thing. I don't take advantage of everything that we have available to us. Right. I, I'm not a big snow person, so yeah, I'm not not a my, snow fan. My daughter gets really excited because snow season's coming up, snowboarding, and uh-huh. you know, mom, why don't you, you could come with me? Like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I have a brother that's really into snowboarding and windsurfing and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think the pace for me is probably one of the most beneficial mm-hmm. aspects of this area. I can usually get into town in five minutes, get done what I need to get yeah. done, get home. You know, if I have to go to Medford, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I can do that. <laughs> well, and both places, I think, are pretty easy to navigate. Mm. Oh, know? sure. It, they're not, yeah, when you go to town, it's not a huge ordeal. Oh, no. And there's wonderful wineries all over the place. I mean, we played a lot of them, you know, and they still are playing a lot of them. And that's all lovely stuff. What have been some of your favorite uh, vineyard venues? Well, we played Roxy Ann a lot, and that was a great group of people that were running that outfit at the time. I'm not familiar with where they're at now. I used to do a duo with our singer Shay at Danson, which is a beautiful, beautiful place. We played so many of them, I can't really, I don't really <laughs> clock them in. <laughs> you know, I don't, I've, I've been playing gigs since ninth grade. That's 1964. We moved to California and somehow, somewhere, a bass player discovered I could read music. And I was playing in the Fairmont Hotel in small bands, mm-hmm. reading charts, just sitting there at the gig, reading charts. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bartenders used to glare at me. When we had a break, they'd tell me, sit at the end of the bar and do not move. Because <laughs> I was, you know, what, 15, not supposed to be. <laughs> 14, 15 years old. I don't know how old you are there. So, yeah, I wasn't supposed to be there. So, after so many kinds of gigs, yeah. you just you just stop. It becomes a blur. Yeah, you don't, there's nothing to remember about it, but they're, they kind of blend together. And, uh, and there are some great moments and some funny moments. I've worked with some interesting 
worked with a guy in Canada named Ronnie Hawkins, who was, uh, he put a group together called The Band. Ronnie Robertson, Devon, mm-hmm. those boys. He was on the road in the Arkansas area, and the same tours with, you know, Elvis and Conway Twitty and Jerry Lee Lewis mm-hmm. and all that kind of period uh, yeah. of stuff. The stories were just, you know, history lessons, <laughs> mostly of what to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I so those things, those things are, are, you know, firm memories. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can see why the, the slower pace is appealing. You're kind of in that world of craziness and fast pace. And yeah, and lots of alcohol. Lots of, yeah. <laughs> <And other laughs> nice stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the vineyard gigs were a wonderful new venue for me, as mm-hmm. uh, while I enjoyed wineries, I had never really worked consistently at mm-hmm. them like they do around here. And that's kind of a, I say new thing, of course, that's new this last decade right. kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's one of the bonuses of living here, really, is that you can go to so much music at the vineyards here, and they're such beautiful settings. Settings, yeah. And you, like Del Rio you just talking like, about, oh my gosh. It's just Del Rio? Del Rio, yeah. just spectacular setting. Are they the ones that have the zinnia flowers out in front? I, I, can't, I think they are. They're right, <laughs> like they're right a, off the Rogue River. Yes, that's the one. That's the, the one. And they do, they do an interesting event Sip, dip, and float, or I, you can, oh, you can really? zip line, oh, go gosh. for a river float, and then land back at their wow. vineyard and drink wine, <laughs> and probably listen to music if you probably, time it, time probably it so. right time. Yeah. Um, and yes, they do have a huge zinnia patch outside of there. I, I'm That's not gorgeous. Sure I what what but, that is, even. <laughs> the flowers, they're beautiful flowers. Uh, uh. Anyway, they, yeah, so, I mean, again, that's just uh, dancing also, the spectacular Dance views from up there, beautiful yeah. Red lily right on the river, uh, mm-hmm. on the Applebee's, gorgeous. Yeah, so it's nice to be able to, I, I appreciate having music taken out of a bar scene and out of indoors and having it be somewhere so mm-hmm. yeah, spacious and yeah. pretty. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's a great environment. It's, it's, it really is. Yeah. Well, if you have anything else that you want to share about this area before we kind of sign off, I'd love just hearing, you know, anything that you want to share with listeners that people that you think might I, want to hear. But <laughs> sounds like you've kind of covered most. I, I think so. Okay. Well, I may remember a few things after <laughs> <laughs> It happens. I'm sure. Well, thank you for, for talking with me today. Well, thank you very much yeah, for the invitation. It. All right. It's lovely. All right, everyone. Well, we will be back again next week. And so until then, I hope you all have a great week.
This podcast is produced by Simona Fino and co-produced by James Dudakis and Jaded Media. Original music by Samuel Lawrence.